Assalamu alaikum. I'm Khalil Alika. And I'm Zahir Parker. And welcome to AccidentalMuslims.com. So AccidentalMuslims.com is a, a movement, a platform where we showcase present and future leaders to help us live with purpose. And we believe that everybody has a story to tell. This podcast hopes to add value. So welcome and enjoy. Today we have a very interesting person uh, that we'll be speaking to. Uh, Munir Haywood, the owner of Hoodies Burgers. Hello. How are you doing, Munir? I'm good, Alhamdulillah. How are you? Very well, very well. We, I'm actually quite stoked to be interviewing you today. That's really flattering because I've looked on your website yeah. and I can see the luminaries that you guys have interviewed. I'm blown away that you would even consider me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, those the guys are really up there type people and <laughs> I'm just a... Well, a local I, think, boy. I think safe to say today, you've earned your stripes, right? <laughs> uh, I think uh, Hoodies has made as a, a, a tremendous contribution, has become an institution in Cape Town. And, you know, I personally have friends from out of town and of the first places I take them to is Hoodies. And they're really enjoying it. So, Munir. Yes. Who, who are you? And who, who is Hoodies? <laughs> uh, okay, well, um, my name is Munir Haywood, so obviously you can hear where the uh, name Woody's came uh, from. Uh, in actual fact, the name Woody's existed before the actual concept existed. Um, it happened uh, one night uh, on a cruise with my cousin, and uh, we got talking, and I said it would be cool to have like a, a restaurant with the name of Woody's. Uh, you know, everybody watches uh, diners, drive-ins and dives and those types of shows. So we were quite into it at the time. And I knew that I wanted to do something that, that's kind of Americana. And the name Woody suited it. So that's how, it, that's how the name came about. Uh, with regards to myself, I'm just uh, a boyki from the flats. <laughs> Grew up in retreat. Oh, I should say I lived in retreat, but grew up in warmer estates. I went to El Crissy High School and I grew up uh, mainly in my formative years in my grandmother's house in Davis Street. So, yeah, that's... that's uh, so, you school. consider yourself being from warmer estate? No, I consider myself to be Catonian. Catonian. Um, I... Dropped out of varsity, went to UCT, dropped out, then fell in line with my with my dad at his business. Um, and then after I got married, uh, I'd been on holiday in Australia. Yeah. Um, and I fell in love with that country. And after I got married, we applied for citizenship. And then I moved a- across to Australia. Um, and it was there... Uh, where I cut my teeth in the corporate world and I worked in health insurance. But I quickly, eventually, I I, I graduated well. I did really well uh, over in Australia, but in spite of my graduation through the different positions in the corporate world, I felt empty. And this culminated particularly at the... At the peak of the global financial crisis in 2008, I don't know if you recall. So, my job entailed uh, uh, managing... So it was a very difficult period for the financial sector in particular. It was a difficult time. Exactly what you're saying. 
However, it was a time of awakening for me, I think. Because what happened was, you know, uh, when the financial crash happened, of my most substantial clients that I had at the time were companies like Morgan Stanley. Um, there was uh, Halliburton, um, Cigna International. So these were big, big, big corporations that were all multinational. The reason I mentioned Morgan Stanley is Morgan Stanley were actually at the epicenter of uh, what caused the crash, um, being a big financial institution. In, the, in that time, Morgan Stanley were, they were virtually bankrupt. However, at the time, a young Barack Obama was president, where we all had hope for change in the world. Um, and he bailed out those banks. Um, so, in spite of their activities, they were looked after. And this left me with a hollow feeling inside because I thought that we were about the world's going to change. For the bad behavior that we essentially rewarded. Exactly, exactly. And then I had to uh, basically prostrate myself to these people for their business. And this left me with a bitter taste in the mouth. Um, in, uh, in saying that, I also had two sons over there in Australia. And Australia is a very comfortable place. It's a first world country. And I could see from my fellow Muslims of Africans around me with the challenges that they had with, with their kids. Um, and I could also see this was at the height of the Kardashian period. Um, that how much young Australians gravitated towards that type of thinking and ideology yeah. and lifestyle. And I didn't want my kids to grow up in that type of environment with that um, purely capitalist uh, greed is good type of mentality is pushed. And I wanted to them to um, experience something different. I wanted to create in them a sense of empathy. And for that, that was one of the main reasons I came back to South Africa because I wanted to be able to, you know, um, you often hear on TV and these people want to give back. I wanted to do something uh, to give back. I just didn't know what it was at the time. So, so at that time, it was a, a poignant moment in finding your purpose there. I mean, the desire was to empower, was to give back. I mean, it was all along, it was there. It, was, it, it, it actually uh, was because of a lot of introspect, uh, introspection. Is this what it's about? You know, the meaning of life, those types of things. Um, and I felt that um, the pursuit of wealth in this capitalist system is pretty meaning, meaningless. So the net result of all of that <laughs> was me becoming severely depressed for a long time. Um, when we return to South Africa, it's it, it, it's funny how your nias manifest. Because my nia was to expose my kids a society where that is not as wealthy as it is here, to have empathy for others as well. Um, how it manifested for me is when I did come back to 
Cape Town, I couldn't find a job in the same field of work in the same um, that suited my expertise. And for a long time, I was unemployed and depressed. So this is um, culminated with my wife leaving. <laughs> um, and that left me into a real sense of rock bottom. During that time, in trying to fight for my wife to stay and trying to get a job, I saw a psychologist. I was, but it wasn't working. I was just unhealthy, fat, and angry with the world. And it was then where, with Allah's Rahmah, I started to change my perspective slightly. That I'm still angry with the world. I'm still posting on Facebook about all the wrongs in society. However, the introspection was about what can you do? So, what could I do? Um, I'm not particularly qualified in anything. Um, but I can kind of cook. <laughs> um, so, I, I took things by the strap of my leg. I, I, the first thing I did was to get fit. So actually, no. The first thing I did was to start making salah. <laughs> that was the first start making salah and start reading the Quran, which I neglected when I was living that high life. <laughs> um, you, it, it, you, you can easily get lost in that in society. So, alhamdulillah, I was given the hidayah to actually uh, rectify things. So I started praying um, and I started taking care of myself and started getting fit. Um, the first challenge was uh, my wife left me, so you want to kind of look better? <laughs> so it was, you know, you, you look yourself in the mirror and you're, is this what you want for yourself? So I got myself um, fit um, and started praying and started um, reading Quran. And all of these things had substantial positives on my Outlook on um, and it was during this time that I'm uh, that I would I'd spend a lot of time. I'm a massive dreamer, so I would bounce my dreams off Latifa's head. And why I mentioned Latifa, my sister, is she's the only person that actually believes my goals and it believes in me. You know what I'm saying. Um, so she gave me a bit of moot, for a lack of a better term. She gave me um, the motivation to actually go ahead and pursue these things because she didn't dismiss my ideas. Um, and she actually nurtured these ideas. And it's from there that... In one point in there, I think she listened to you. I think so. She listened to you. She let you express yourself. And she can scalp. Is it? <laughs> yes. So, whilst she is a, um, a good sounding board for me, um, she also has the unique ability to cut through my BS that nobody else really yes. can. Um, so, she allows for me to achieve what the goals are that I can put uh, out for myself. Um, and also, she's a good soundboard to, to see whether this idea is actually viable or not. So, that's how eventually we started uh, trialing burgers on our 
on my labor bride, inviting friends. Remember, I was unemployed and divorced. <laughs> and, um, and sorry for myself. Um, so I would invite friends over uh, as a type of, almost like a men's group type of thing. Um, pay me 50 bucks and eat all, your, uh, all you can eat. And initially we started off with smoking items. Uh, we would smoke chickens, we would smoke briskets, we would make uh, gourmet burros rolls, and we would make burgers and chili and so on. We made a, a wide range of items. Um, but um, from that uh, initial trials with friends and so on, people tended to gravitate towards the burgers. And for me, it was easier to uh, focus on just that one thing. And that's how Woody's burgers came about. There's so many interesting points that I, I don't actually know where to touch on. Because, <laughs> you know, your, your life is, is one of what everybody goes through. People tend often feel sorry for themselves, which I, leads to depression. I always leads, do. You know? And, but but you, you're such an example. And, and it's actually so exciting speaking about this. Um, because it's what we strive for, accidentalmuslims.com, to, to, to encourage people to live with purpose. And, and, and to a certain extent, I, I don't think that you'll admit that you've achieved your purpose in life, but it's a work in progress. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, you're quite uh, chiseled and <laughs> quite buffed right now. Dude, I, can't, I can't imagine you being overweight, number one. Oh, no, I was, you know? I was that, that's a motivational story. Yeah. I was 97 kilos... In September 2012, wow. um, I wore a size 38 and that was stretching. <laughs> so, and that's when I hit the gym. So what do you weigh now? I'm now at 75. Wow. But the total transformation took me seven months with not one supplement used, just eating less and exercising properly with the right focus. I lost 30 kilos in seven months. But no, look, I think if we go into detail with that, it's going to take our entire <laughs> oh, that's another, that's, so That's another so lifestyle. I'm very really interested, yeah. I mean, definitely health, and, health and, and fitness and wellness is something important as well yeah. that we would like to focus on. But you, you mentioned that you went through, it was a bit of a tumultuous period in your life. You went through a divorce. You went through, through all of that. I'm sure there must have been, you mentioned your sister Latifa. Other than Latifa, who are the mentors in your life? Well, my father was a big mentor. Yeah. In actual fact, um, not so much of a mentor was my father, rather than my desire to get his approval. Okay. Um, because my father is the epitome of the stuff up in the Um So, but without him being British. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. He's very, he was very anti-colonial. My father awakened me to the injustices of the world. Um, and he was very active uh, in terms of that. And so that influenced us in a big way. And um, it's that influence. So I suppose you could say it's a mentor now that I'm saying it like that, um, to do what we do. Because I want to, I want, uh, I want the public to know that um, with all of this, with Woody's, it has always been about can you conduct business in an ethical way for the benefit of the worker first, rather than um, 
becoming uh, the next big thing or multi-millionaire. That's never been my goal. My goal has always been, what does South Africa need? And South Africans need dignified employment first. Um, Because we have a huge unemployment situation, which has never been resolved, despite which government comes in. The capitalist system will always be here. My disillusionment with that system system, um, is the result of, uh, is what's resulted into goodies, is to try and create something that works within that system, but in a more ethical, or for lack of a better term, Islamic way, if you know what I mean. Um, so, that's my be all in it. We were talking about whether we've made it. I will consider to have made it once I know that all of my staff live in actual brick and mortar homes and afford to uh, go on a holiday, uh, send their kids to decent schools, when my staff don't have to be a backyarder in dusty... Giving people to live with dignity. Absolutely. And once we have dignity, we can um, solve a lot of the social ills that we suffer from today. So that's my mission, is to basically um, to try and help those who surround me uh, to achieve a dignified way of life. And then have that radiate outwards. So the kind of pay it forward type of thing. That's my goal. So the way I see you, of what you have told me now, you seem like more of a conscious capitalist. Oh, that's a nice term. Because because you you your 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 end result or your goal is just not profit. I no. mean you're looking at empowering, you're looking at so I mean that in itself is a challenge. So let me put it to you. How do you deal with challenges? Lots and lots and lots of time. I swear not. Is it? Okay. <laughs> I, I swear on both. But look, every day is a challenge. Sure. Every day we are confronted with some or other obstacle um, uh, that uh, makes it harder uh, for us to achieve what's in our heads. Yes. Um, so my way of coping with that is to try. So I need to go to the gym every day or my head is not right. Well, snap. <laughs> so That's your release. That's my release. That's my release. And the other thing is um, coping with challenges is my motivation. It's, it's like a responsibility I feel on myself. Uh, that I feel is that I'm responsible for everybody that's involved in this business and I would like for their lives to be improved by the business. You know what I mean? I want Woody's to be a, a, a type of conduit to make the lives of the people who interact with it, whether it's a customer or whether it's my staff, but my focus is on the staff, uh, to make their lives better. And then hopefully have that radiates. Let me, let me touch on, on your customer. I no. think also part of your, what you serve your customer, this is quite good though. Um, <laughs> part of what you serve your customer, your product, it's made from scratch, correct? Yes. This goes as part of your philosophy of not only people that works for you, from your customer to the person that cooks the burger, everybody needs to be taken care of. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad you raised that. When we were still brainstorming, 
around what it is that we wanted to do. And so I'm, I'm fast forwarding to a point that we're doing burgers now. But irrespective of what it was that we wanted to do, I am a consumer as well. And one of the things that always that we would always talk about, especially when we're going to food places, is you feel sometimes, you often feel like you're being ripped off. Yes. Right? You're not valued. Yeah. That's, but you're not valued, but you actually are literally ripped off. Um, for example, I'm not going to mention the, the company, but I find that company to well, be iconic. Well, I've gone many times to a restaurant and, and I find it's the more I spend, actually. I'll go to a fancy place and think, gosh, I would have enjoyed this meal more if my wife had cooked it. You know? Yes. And, and I think that's what you're talking about. Somewhat, but not quite. Yeah. There is a big South African franchise, which I have the utmost respect for. And this is the, uh, the franchise that we hold as the standard and we aspire to become like that. They do the best in terms of advertising. And um, they, they do brilliant ads and they have huge engagement from the consumer. But I think that they have become a really cynical business as time progressed. It's the franchise whose chickens go to private school. So whenever you go there and you spend what I consider an exorbitant amount for a fast food item, and you can literally count that the large chips has 17 chips in it, that I never wanted. I never wanted to. I remember going one night and buying this, and I never want to have my customer have that. Is this all for that money? So our thinking has always been to... Whatever we do, we'll give you, we'll give you fresh, we guarantee you freshness. We get our, our beef minced and delivered daily. It's today's beef that you will have. Um, we, we, we want to get all of, as much as possible, of our ingredients and materials from small suppliers. Okay. So, the, my beef supplier is a little startup, just like me, because I remember how difficult it was to get a break in the industry. And so this is what we wanted to do. We want to uh, uplift our suppliers as well. So our veg supplier is a small guy. There are two small guys that supply us veg. It's a small guy that supplies us our, our beef and our chicken. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a small Cape Town-based company that supplies us with our buns and so on. So as far as we can, we believe the ethical way to conduct our business is to support other small businesses and to offer the customer at the end of the line value. So we were always wanting to maintain quality. Obviously, we fall short on occasion, like with any business. Um, but our endeavor is always to offer you freshness, value for money, and the best quality that we can. It sounds like a chicken's ad, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not meant to be as such. It's, uh, we literally do want to give the consumer. We never want you to suck. I, I think it goes back to the very beginning of your near. And in that, you're fulfilling your near. Or you're endeavoring to, inshallah. But saying that, what are the regrets you have in life? I can tell you that I have a huge amount of regrets. But I can also tell you that I have a huge amount of acceptance. 
and you, you often we are disappointed um, in circumstances or people or things and we regret it because of our own nafs and so it would be I can I can uh, ramble on about things that I regret but everything that I regret was a result of myself yes you know what I'm saying so I've come to terms with the fact that ah this is who I am and so I get puck for who I am <laughs> But I accepted that is why it is. With, of course, self-rectification, of course. I hope so. I try to. But we all be well, human. Well, you, you can't move forward if you don't fix what has been broken in the past. So, you yeah. try at least. You, 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 I, I try. However, I am a, uh, I'm a naturally trusting and naive person. And I believe that everybody should be judged according to their actions and their interactions with you. So, I try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. But I've burnt my fingers several times. <laughs> I'm not going to blame the person for burning my fingers. I blame myself for being too naive. It is way. And that's life. That's life. And so you, you, you cut, um, uh, you learn to cut trees by cutting trees. Yeah. <laughs> so then you got woodies. Exactly. <laughs> your favorite verse of Quran. Do you have one? I'm sure you have. All of us has one. I can tell you of a, a surah that changed my life. And this was when I was in the depths of the depths of depression. And I was on YouTube, as we do. And I stumbled upon this lecture by, I don't know if it's a Molana or chef or whatever title I'm going to give to him, by Tofi Chowdhury. All right. And he had this lecture on surah ad duha and that surah changed my life because the surah relates to um, a period in the Nabi Wasallam's life where he was low and depressed. And it is about um, not losing faith in Allah's Rahmah. Um, where even the, from the to the banker is reliant upon Allah's Rahman. So that surah is what changed my life. A surah that I recite every day though, um, and I forget what the, the surah is called, uh, called but it's Alam Nashrah Lakasodra. And this is something I, I think I also inherited from my dad because he had some ups and downs in his life being, being quite a vocal um, and active activist type of uh, citizen um, but that, uh, but the line is um, <laughs> verily from every hardship comes ease times two <laughs> so if it's that important um, that is what I live my life by. no matter what the challenge is no matter what hardship is in there in your life there's light at the end of the tunnel if you truly have taqwa what are you great what are you most grateful for I am most grateful for not doing anything stupid when I was depressed. Because when I was depressed, you, I'm human. Naturally, you have those thoughts of, and, uh, of any value to this dunya. And that you can easily go down that rabbit hole. And I looked into that rabbit hole and I'm so glad that it was 
Hidayah and Rahmah that got me out of it. So that I'm grateful for. I'm also grateful for, uh, for the fact that despite going through a really difficult divorce, which I thought was going to destroy me completely, I've come out so much better on the other end. And I get to see my kids virtually every single day. So that makes me grateful and relieved that I get to still be a very active um, contributor in their lives. And this is, if it wasn't for Woody's, I wouldn't have had that. Sure. Because when I started the business, I wanted to be in a business where I can spend time with my kids. Yes. And in spite of the fact that I can't get to take them on holidays because I work seven days a week. Yes. Uh, so I can't, I don't, at the moment, I'm not able to take them to spend so much time holidays, but I, I spend quality time with them because I, I am with them every day after school and we, we are cheek by jaw. We are, have a very tight relationship and now we'll make it last. I mean, I mean. I really thought we were going to be speaking a lot more about burgers, but you know what? We, we, we're actually speaking about something so much more fascinating. Um, and it's so uplifting and it's really awe-inspiring listening to. Um, uh, and, and I absolutely love that, we, uh, that we're here today and the kind of guests that we profile. Because really, uh, you, 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 I think your encouragement to so many that's going through difficult times right now and um, our stats will show that there are people that go through difficulty, that watches our program, that listens to our podcasts. And your, 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 ins- your inspiring story of how you've changed your life around, and of course, every day is still the challenge. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but, but how it could come out with some, you know, something, something so simple as a burger. You know, people coming to these, they feel good after they eat, and they, they also lack a full after they eat a Woody's burger. Um, so, you are you are based in in Clermont at the moment. Yes, um, this is Rondebosch or Clermont. Uh, this is actually look. This is a, this is some a footy bait because it is on the border of Rondebosch and Clermont. Oh, I see. <laughs> but I know it's Kierbun and and Belvedere Road, Belvedere. number sixty six Belvedere Road. And you no longer in the waterfront, I understand. No, we're not in that. Okay. So I think that's a, that's, a, that's a subject for another day, uh, a, point, a contentious uh, uh, point of discussion. Um, uh, but we wish you everything of the best for this branch in particular. But before we sign off, Munir Haywood, yes. today is your last day. You're going to die. Okay. Other than your Kalima Shahada, anything you would want to leave say to your kids and to your family and your dear sister I didn't expect that question <laughs> okay <laughs> look um, if I had anything to say to my kids it would be always consider your neighbor um, I think um, we've lost that sense of Ubuntu or we are losing that sense of Ubuntu. Luckily, in South Africa, we still are fighting for that sense of um, togetherness. Um, I would like my kids to know, no matter how hard things get for you, there's always somebody that is not as lucky as you are. It is your job to make that person's life a little bit better. 
Muni Raymond, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank, Thank you God. very much for taking the time out <laughs> and you. sitting with us today. Thank you. And to Latifa Haywood as well. Thank you very much for, 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 for sitting in on this interview. So that's it for today's show. We hope you added value. We hope you enjoyed it. But most of all, we hope our guests inspired you to live with purpose. Don't forget to send us your suggestions via info at accidentalmuslims.com. If you know anybody out there that is inspiring, that's leading, that's living with purpose, please uh, do contact us. And remember, feedback is our oxygen. So follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I hope you enjoyed. God bless. Assalamu alaikum.